0: Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate.
1: And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows.
2: And I'm Sam. I'm the host of the Justice League Universe podcast. And you can also find a lot of my comic book superhero related stuff at comicandscreen.blogspot.com
0: welcome back everybody today we are talking about minute number 184 of zack snyder's justice league part six something darker and this minute is going to start out with something darker the title card itself uh (laughs) batman's line of dialogue is just that and this minute is going to end with the flying fox
1: getting ready to fly off into battle yeah, very. This is a very, really, really cool minute that we have here. Um, Did you say verily? This, you said verily. I, I said really, and then a verily, and then verily. Yeah, uh, merrily, merrily. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, we got, yeah, we hey, yeah, we got Chaucer over here. Everybody, I was it, right? I was gonna start singing the Warner Brothers theme. Merrily, I'm on my way. Da, 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 da. No, and anyways, um, yeah, the minute that we have here he says something darker as I hit the microphone. Um, and then at the end, it's like, we have the great line that Batman says to Alfred, which is, uh, faith and ma- you know, Alfred asks him, what makes you so sure that Superman will join us in this fight at Pejorno? Uh, so it's a really good contained minute of some of the great lines that Batman has said in this movie. And, um, You know, in in yesterday's minute, we talked about something darker. We talked about Flash showing up in the Batcave. Um, So for him to say it right here in this moment, it's it's nice uh, that he says, you know, that something darker, that title card, so that we know what the chapter is talking about. And as we get ready for this new action sequence, that we know that it's going to get darker because they're going to go have this battle. So um, kind of like the climax is going to happen soon. In, in, in this chapter, so it's a big minute that kicks off the final act of this movie. Um, where do you guys want to start with this one, Sam?
2: Well, just a, a much smaller thing at the very beginning. I just like how excited Alfred is <laughs> he's He's very excited that cyborg actually figured it out and got it working and he's but he doesn't say like cyborg got it fixed. He says like you've got to see this, but I just like literally this this old man. Looking at the screen and then realizing Cyborg figured it out. And I, it, it just makes me think of all the hours and hours for years and years that Alfred has, like, you know, fixed around and messed with uh, Batman's gear and stuff. And that for him, it's like genuine excitement when somebody figures out a challenge that he'd been working on. So I just like that little moment from Alfred.
1: Yeah, again, this is character development for the Flying Fox, which is something we see throughout the movie being worked on. You know, we first see it when um, Wonder Wonder Woman uh, sneaks into Wayne Aerospace and um, she's like, new toy. And he's like, it's a multi-troop transport um, ship. I'm trying to get it to fly. So he's working on it. In the theatrical version, that's the end of it. We see it um, in the Battle of Pajornov in the theatrical cut. So we just assume like, Batman built a new toy and here it is. Now go out to your local uh, target and buy the toy of it for your kids. Um, But in in this version of the movie, he's working on it, but he's not complete without his friends and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, the other heroes that will make this Justice League, you know? And so, you know, having Cyborg come in and help, like all the other heroes are helping this world, You know, it's like a bit of um, a complete story arc for this uh, ship. And and it's really a symbol of Batman and Cyborg's relationship.
2: Yeah. And it, it hits that main theme of the movie of being stronger together. And so it's like if it was just Bruce and Alfred figuring out a new gadget and then it works perfectly, then that there's no growth or there's no contributing to that bigger theme. But because of the way it plays out in Zack Snyder's Justice League version, it actually contributes to the theme of, yeah, you you had an idea, you were trying on it, but now you're stronger together if you have other people help that they can fill in the parts that you couldn't do yourself. So now it fits into a whole bunch of different connections to that stronger together theme.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this, this moment here as the flying fox, um, it drops in above the lake where um, the new... Bat um, Batcave and Batman's like his little um, art deco house. And to see this glorious shot of like the Justice League rising up, it has like its own symbolic um, symbolism for um you know, them rising up and, you know, getting off of their, um, you know, getting off the ground after suffering uh, two defeats now in the Metropolis project and then now uh, at Star Labs, they are going in for their third try to stop Steppenwolf and also hoping that Superman is back to normal and can help the team and complete the Justice League. Um, So this is like such a great way. Um, I do have to say like we had these nice quiet moments uh, and then now it's like the music has gotten so loud. Like the theme of the Justice League is here. Like this is a pretty loud minute, but it like it gets you pumped and ready for this explosive, explosive finale that's going to happen,
0: how, um, how, how long do you think between Alfred saying you got to check this out for them to get on that pad and everything? Because Batman's in a whole new outfit. He's in his, he's in his battle Batman thing. So he had to go and like the theatrical version sucks to bring it up, but the theatrical version like does make sense in that one aspect where he's like taken off. The suit, and he's left in the uh, – I well, no, it's, it's a one-piece suit. So he's taken off the suit so I can understand, like, that change of wardrobe. Um, but it's something that I kind of really just just noticed watching it minute by minute is, uh, like, it was like, you got to check this out.
2: And yeah. you got to go get changed. <laughs> right. And also get all of – everybody get all of your gear because we're actually going on the mission. Like, I, I just assume that there was – there's been a part omitted – which was he actually said, you got to check this out. They would like checked it out. Oh, cool. It's working. All right, let's go get ready because it's actually go time. Like it wouldn't be check this out and now also get on and now you're gone for the most important mission of all of your lives, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's there's mm-hmm. definitely a part I think that was practically speaking, there was a, a preparation time that was just cut out. <laughs> but,
1: it's like Batman saying, oh, my God, it's <laughs> happening. Everyone stay calm and like go outside really quickly. You know, it's. The, the shuttle's processing. going off. We got to go catch it. <laughs> yeah, you have to go catch it. Go quick. Um, no, so we're bringing up the tactical suit, Batman, um, the new action figure of Batman. Um, as we've seen, again, something else that this movie does, which is uh, character development for the suit itself. We've seen the original bats Batman suit from Dawn of Justice, and then we saw him build a suit of armor. To fight Superman in the last movie, which is this big chunky armored Batman suit, and it's basically being in a, an aluminum can. Uh, it wasn't a good idea because it didn't; it wouldn't have stopped Superman. He had to depend on the kryptonite gas that he was building, because otherwise he would just get crushed in it. Um, then we move on to this movie, and they are now using parts of the Kryptonian scout ship to uh, absorb the energy and dissipate it and so he tests it out first by just having it on the vamp races and so as he's fighting the parademons and he's getting shot with all their um, magic missiles he's you know Alfred's like look look look, it's working and so then with that technology also Superman tests the abilities of that (laughs) as well and it's like oh that's really working I I didn't think it was going to work that well Uh, but then they go yeah it's working so now we can add it to your suit we can strap it on so that you have the separation of parts, Nathan, uh, and you can move better without being in the clunky armored Batman suit. So this is like character development for the suit itself. This is why Batman has a new action figure because there's meaning to the armor plating that is now on the bat suit. So it's a nice little character development there.
0: It's also good to note that like it's got to be double layers of armor, right? Because um, like if it is, if it's these new. New 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 clip-on uh, mm-hmm. energy-absorbing plates on top of a pre-existing Batman suit. That thing does have like it's like a Kevlar bat suit, right? So it's like Kevlar mm-hmm. on top of you know
1: plates. Yeah. Now try so, try weave Kevlar. Yeah, if I, um, uh, I I'm pulling that from a, a Nightwing comic I read where he talks about like what the suits are made out of. Yeah, like, try try weave Kevlar.
0: Um, also good to know that there's you know, a line in Dawn of Justice where Alfred is noting that something is going wrong with the suit because of a new layer of armor. Maybe that was, like, them just trying to figure out, like, how do we get more armor on top of the, the tri-weaved Kevlar? Because, I don't know, now I'm... I, I don't know, stakes are higher now. But uh <laughs> it, I like to There's think There's a lot that... of heat vision from all kinds of sources. Yeah, 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 exactly. I like to think that, like... The new armor has been in the works f- for years now. It's just n- able now with Kryptonian technology to get to a point where they want it to be. Um,
1: so I don't know, just cool, cool Batman and Alfred ingenuity there. This is how Batman in the in the final fifth film will defeat Darkseid. Not with a, a magic science bullet like in Final Crisis, but he will just stand there, and Darkseid <laughs> will end up killing himself with his own violence which is some sort of poetry of like you know i don't have to fight you with violence i'll just stand here and when you omega beam me it'll just bounce off and like hit you back and you will just end up killing yourself and that's how the that's how the quintology will end and batman will be like i didn't have to do anything because i have this armor now <laughs> we'll see we'll see and put money on it um but yes in this in this minute here we have our our group of Justice League members—they rising up. The Flying Fox. The ramp will come down. Um and, uh, you know, Batman will say to Cyborg, like, "Oh, you did it." And and Cyborg says, like, "It wanted to fly." Speaking about the Flying Fox. Um, Note that the Flying Fox is not in the Batcave. It's still in
0: that hangar that's uh, abandoned by the harbor, right? Mm-hmm. So it did. So there's a reason why it's you know. Oh yeah in the air coming to the bat cave and not like in, you know, underground with the garage or whatever. But it's also fun to note that like once cyborg got into the cave, he like went and like remembered and was like, yeah, I'm going to go play with the toys. You know, like I'm, I'm going to remotely, I got to go work on the flying mm-hmm. box because it's in the other building. But I remember you saying that something was wrong with it. Um, I don't know. It was really cool. Uh, another thing about cyborg is that when the ship is actually like coming down, um, you can like tell that cyborgs doing remote work with it because his little indicator on his head's like flashing and it's very much uh, like signal kind of he, he's Bluetooth like remote piloting it yeah like, it's really so, cool. Okay, cool
2: yeah nice
0: oh i'll we'll, I like we'll, that. we'll run the tape here and uh you can see as as it shows cyborg's cranium there
2: um i always like the little touches of red by the way that just come through cyborg um in various ways uh i was Think those are nice little spots of color.
1: Yeah, the you know how they um, the, the image of Cyborg with like the red chest and them being like, well, how do we do that? How do we uh, do what we want to do, but then also pay homage to knowing that Cyborg has to have red chest, almost like knowing that uh, Flash has to be red and have a yellow lightning bolt. Like, how do we do that? I've always liked how they played around with that. And then we really got to talking about Cyborg's um, his physiology, his phenotypes of, of how he looks so angular. Uh, it's something else we talked about in a, in a, in a couple weeks ago. Um, and so that, too, has been a discussion of, like, why does Cyborg look the way he does when all the other characters, like, they have their suits and how they're made, and they have kind of, like, it explains who the character is, there has to be a reason that cyborg looks so weird and i think i think this is the best way to put it it's like he looks weird he looks very alien like and how do we explain that so i've i've always loved um, really chewing on on the design of cyborg here cuz it's definitely a choice um, yeah i i i i, I want to talk about so earlier in the movie he says it wants to fly and then in this one um, he says um, something along the lines of like, flight is in its nature, in which Batman says to him, "Yours too." Um, what are your guys thoughts on that one?
2: This uh. was that. This was that nice moment of of Bruce or Batman like being willing, willing and able to like uplift somebody else that I was talking about last minute. I think it was. Um, yeah, for me, I take it as you know cyborg's been a very reluctant hero like you know at the beginning he was just kind of like i don't want to be part of this he was kind of just a recluse um angry about his powers and capabilities that he had you know and then wonder woman has her nice sort of starting to make some some progress connecting with them talking about his gifts and stuff um but now like so diana was helping to lift him up a little bit encouragement or encourage him empathize with him a little bit and now bruce is also sort of giving him some encouragement so and it, And just with a couple words, um, but that encouragement, I think, is meaningful. So I just took it as a nice little nod to Cyborg about, like, giving him affirmation for he just helped out the team. He's done a few really important things so far. And now Bruce is sort of saying you're on the right track. You can keep going like the sky's the limit sort of thing. But it's also nice. Yeah, I like that. Nice for um, for Bruce to, like, show that he is really growing and he's really getting into a better, better space for himself, too. The, the Batman v Superman Bruce never would have said that. He would have been like, "Everybody turns bad. This is all gonna. All these powers are. I have to have. I have to have a, <laughs> have to have to a con- there. A contingency plan for cyborg now too. Just like I have a contingency plan for Superman because they're too powerful. And now he's like encouraging them onward, right? Like that's very different.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're on to something, Nate. Do you want to follow yeah, up on that? It's uh,
2: yeah. I'll I'll tag on to that
0: with like, Batman, uh, as as the character himself. Um, literally just witnessed a, a miracle with Superman. The thing that he was g- obsessed over for a, a very long time, mm-hmm. and he is back. Like he, what the things that Batman did, huh, like I don't want to say he's <laughs> taking credit for it because it's not like he's taking credit for it, but like his his idea, his plan worked. Um, which is like just such a massive shift in the character. You guys have been talking about uh Sam, you've been bringing up Batman being uplifting and uplifting other characters and and growth and all of that stuff. Um I don't know why I never put that on like front page. Um and I, I and it wasn't like I was like putting Batman into a hole of like dark broodiness and and obsessiveness No, because I I understand the growth of it, but it really is like, you know, going minute by minute, you can see the complete shift in the character, and now, yeah, his lines of dialogue are very uplifting, and, you know, we get the whole one in here with Faith. It's like, this is that moment that this dude just saw an angel come back from the dead and rise up to the heavens, and... A couple years ago, he saw the same exact dude in the heavens destroying Metropolis and was filled with so much rage that he couldn't see straight. And now it's like, I trust everything, dude. Like, let's just sit back and do what we got to do. And we're probably going to die. But at least Superman's back, right? You know, it's it's a really good character progression. Um,
1: Yeah. And I,
0: I really appreciate Ben Affleck's acting in this entire sequence here.
1: Yeah, and and following up with what Sam said and and being uplifting, um, to to analyze and highlight his first words in in Dawn of Justice, which is saying that, you know, what's fall is what's what's um, what
2: falls is fallen.
1: What's fall what falls is fallen. Like it just absolute diamond absolutes, like if something falls down, it cannot fly again. Like people flying is not a thing. When the world is introduced to the Superman the world has changed because there he is like there you know the superman is flying like men there's a man who flies um and then think about man of steel and like the first flight it's it's such an important moment so when batman has this moment here where he says you know your 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 nature is to fly as well cyborg it's like uplifting but also he's you know, Nathan, you've talked about how Cyborg is having his own Superman story. He is this new Superman, the Superman. Mm-hmm. He's like the Superman, like of of Man's World. He is the new Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's had this Superman arc in this entire movie, and he's had his first flight, and he's like, you're, you're, it's in your birthright to now fly. Like this is you as well. Like I'm lifting you up, like Sam is saying, because like you know i stopped superman from flying i won't stop anyone else like i'm going to be the supportive character like you're meant to fly like go fly like (laughs) go be a bird and 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 you know it's that's that's the character change of batman of saying like people don't fly and if they do then like the world is worse for it and then now here he is saying like go fly go go be free go be a hero um and it's just this complete 180 so like yeah, um, it's there's so much to that's like underlying the, that that line of dialogue, and I think that's the power of um Chris Terrio as a writer, that he writes, um, you know, when when he's allowed to like um write deeper for these characters, that he writes things like that where it's like, it's just a line of dialogue that, um, if you don't give it much thought, you kind of just don't think about it at all, but as Cyborg says, like its flight was in its nature, and Batman to say yours too it's like it merits a discussion of like what do you mean by that and it's like well it's not just about cyborg but it's about the character of batman over the course of these movies including man of steel even though he wasn't in it it like connects the trilogy quintology whatever it connects these movies in a way of, of like look at the growth of these characters throughout this entire uh, cinematic universe so it's a very important line of dialogue from Batman to say to someone else, yours too.
2: Yeah. And to me too, it's it's growth in the movies and growth for those characters. But I mean, I don't know if it's like cheesy to say, but to me, it's also like inspirational for me as a person, too. Like I, I get meaning and personal inspiration from the characters and from these stories. And so for me, it's also this guideline for myself or for others to be like, hey there's value in lifting up other people there's value in trying to like be optimistic about things turning out even when stuff gets really dark even when you're even when you've had some setbacks or some loss or there's some terrible things going on look for the people around you that you can lift up and then it also sort of will make you feel a little bit better feel more positive like in doing that um and you can be stronger together by like leaning on each other like so i don't you know it's it's not just these stories that are cool for the movie. I feel like it can actually affect um, people in their own lives. And, you know, I know a lot of people are sort of over superhero movies or they're sort of like, oh, yes, the, the whole comic books thing um, being just popcorn fun or like that sort of thing. But like for me, I I don't know, I, I get actual guidance and how I interpret it. it also gives me guidance for like my own life and things in my own like situation mm-hmm. and relationships.
0: I literally just had to like explain this, saying very, very similar to uh, my mother. And at that, at that party that she was hosting, because um, they were all starting to talk about me and the things that I was doing and all of this stuff. And you know, and, it, and the superheroes and whatnot kind of came into it. And yeah, like just, saying just that was like, as if like that they, they never even thought about that. It's like, what do you? And one of them was a teacher. I was like, it's still a book, like. Mm -hmm. i'm i'm reading like what are you talking about it's the plus side is that it has pictures and like a completely different team of artists that were doing awesome stuff with the words that they were given you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. yeah i I literally just had to explain that same exact thing such a good feeling
2: wholesome what i think sometimes though too there are other like superhero fans that that sort of give it a different rap. Cause there'll be people that all they talk about is just like, I liked this laser and I liked this punch and like, or, or they're just really talking about surface stuff. And then I think a lot of the public, they just view that that's all that superheroes are about. It's just only about the punching and it's only about a cool superpower or whatever. Um, and for me, I, I like some of that stuff, but then I also follow like Superman has been a central character for me for like decades, you know, Um, And then tear to see Batman like, oh, somebody even from Batman's point of view can sort of make these changes. Um, I just I can take deeper things out of it, like with Batman v Superman, like we've had conversations back with that movie. Pretty deep philosophical things about morality and about religion and about various things. And I can get that from like superhero movie. Um, But yeah, they're out in the public. They're not always seen. That way, they're not always seen as, oh yeah, that's a way to think about philosophy for you know in in a deep way with with a community of people.
1: Yeah, I've always talked about how these comic book movies should be nutritious in a way. I mean, there's, (laughs) I basically have like in my own mind, it's like movies, specifically comic book movies, but I try to think about it with all the best blockbuster movies. Is that like it has like three E's, and that is to entertain. First and empower and and educate, which is like like basically my my core rule when I'm watching a movie. It's like yes, it's got to be entertaining, but also educate and then empower people to make those changes that they see these heroes do. And um, you know, one of those being Avatar as a franchise. I've recently just been like shown the light about like how important like that franchise is because like mm-hmm. it's entertaining because James Cameron like knows how to entertain people. Yeah, but like. Educate people about, you know, um, conservation and, you know, uh, animal protective rights and stuff like that. And like, so, and just, just so much about protecting the planet that we live on. So it's very educational. And then like giving people the empowerment to go and do that, like to go do that. And so like Mm -hmm. when you see your heroes stand up and be heroes and protect others and do the right thing, like that's the nutrition that kids should have when they watch comic book movies and seeing a hero like you know if it's dawn of justice like seeing batman and superman like go through these problems it's like you need your superheroes to go through those problems i think star wars as well like with uh, luke skywalker like having his ups and downs it's like it's important that kids see jedi struggling so that they are educated about those things and then empowered to be Jedi, to be Jedi like in their lifestyle and in their choices. So I think it's always been important for comic book movies to have nutritional value and not just be entertainment mm-hmm. and, you know, and then also empower them to do that and empower in a good way, like in a, in a change to do the right thing, not not to just hit something or defeat the villain in some comedic way that's that undercuts all of the buildup, like like really empower people to make a difference in a good way. And I think the best blockbuster movies do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Copy that and so- print that. <laughs> so we'll, um, this uh, minute here will kind of end with, you know, um, Alfred will hand the cow, Batman's cow, to Batman. Because um, right now ben, ben Affleck is just him. The, the, the cow's not on the bat suit yet. All the superheroes will be entering the flying fox. And Alfred says, "What well, makes you so sure that he'll show up and talk about Superman?" And of course, uh, Batman says, "Faith, Alfred, faith." Um, and again, we talk about the, the change of character for Batman throughout these films. But again, this is something mm-hmm. else that um, <laughs> it educates us on on the on the growth of the character, but also like this is this is a new Batman and he's embracing faith. And however you want to take yeah. that, if you want to take it like um, with the Christian allegories and, and whatnot, sure. But it's also, again, just good for the character to believe in others again. And, and if you think about just Batman as a comical character, it's also good character development of just Batman over the years and, and seeing how he's, he's no longer the JLA Batman of Grant Morrison, Nathan, where he's like just brooding dark, his, yeah. having his contingencies and like, he's part of the team, but he's not wanting to be part of the team. We see that with the justice league, theatrical version, which is really disappointing to like, see the death of Superman and then be like, I have to bring this team together. Like go do this thing. Cause like, I need you to just go do it. Like in the third act, it's like, you care about us or not? And he's like, no, not really. I'm, I'm, I'm JLA Batman. I, I'm still gonna have contingencies about all all six of you. It's like are you are you a changed person or not? like so here it's like, no, he's completely changed. There's yeah. the whole point of this universe. um if yeah. you're a fan of batman and and of the d c characters, you're gonna want your superheroes to become better people. like do not you should not want this toxic trait of Batman to to remain and be like no, I, I still want my Batman to be toxic. Like, are you sure you like Batman? Cause that's not how you should want him to be in this movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I'm open to just, you know, different versions of Batman. So it's like, I don't, you know, if I have a favorite version of Batman, it's not that all of them need to be that, but like for, I, I think this one works the best for these movies because it does show that arc over multiple movies. Um, mm-hmm. And the, like, it's the same two characters. It was Arthur and him that were talking about the if it, if there's a 1% chance that we have to take it as an absolute certainty. So, that's again, that's sort of these like, how do you calculate the confidence percentage for like things happening? And he would, there, he was like, this is so powerful and there's a danger here. We have to take it as a certainty that it is the danger. So, I have to stop it now. Mm. And now he switches that over to like what's the confidence percentage that like Superman's gonna show up because the last they saw him, like Lois was kind of making you know some inroads, but then they don't know that he has come around fully like that's right. unknown to the justice league so mm. there's there's still this like we aren't sure what he's gonna do if he's fully himself or what's going on. So it's again this kind of percentage game of where you're gonna play the percentages, and now he's just saying like, I'm going to assume that it will work out that Lois is doing her thing. Superman's going to come around. He will also decide to come help us when, you know, because we need it. And he's taking that now as his like absolute certainty is that this will work out or maybe not absolute certainty, but he's just having faith in it that he's like, I'm going to just hope and be optimistic that it like will work out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And not, not needing to use Lois Lane as the big guns as like, you know he has faith that superman will just be a nice person and you know so yeah it's very good stuff. Nathan any any last thoughts from you before we wrap up the minute. No
0: that's going to do it. I um I just think this is just excellent excellent batman like gear up batman. Um really I don't know. I just really like batman in this in this moment especially with him being around all his friends but uh no that pretty much does it for me.
2: My my last quick things are I do like uh the flash and how excited he is to be going up that platform and
0: his little step <laughs> that he does is great. And his
2: face like his face cranked up and just smiling. So it, it continues his thing where he's the he's the excited, young kind of person that's excited to see the Batcave, excited to see Bruce's car, like and now he's excited to see this flying thing. So I think that fits with him and I just do enjoy looking at him on that platform. Um and then my other thing, I know, Mark, you mentioned the music, but I, I do think the music is pretty strong in this point. And it has the Justice League kind of heroic horns kind of going. But it also has the the drums, which to me makes me think of Man of Steel, makes me think of Batman v Superman. Uh, so mm-hmm. I like the continuity of the music as well. I, I, I think it would be a shame if all of a sudden there was just a completely different composer who had a different style that was trying to fill in these sorts of things.
1: <laughs> Very well said I don't think we have to dive into that uh, Any further But yes, um, good stuff all around It's nice to really talk about the music again It's We've had some, like we said, somber moments uh, Where we don't hear it as much But Junkie XL Coming from both Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice Working closely with Hans Zimmer Yeah, we have, again we're, we're, uh, We return to that DNA That was in Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice So it helps with the consistency um, Of this uh, film arc so yeah great stuff all around
0: all right well we're gonna wrap up for today if you've enjoyed today's show please consider leaving us a five-star review it really does help the show and it helps new listeners discover the show as well if you'd like to join in on the conversation you can find us on twitter at dceu minute and if you'd like bonus content we have a patreon for just three dollars with tons of other podcasts to listen to Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you here next time on DC Cinematic Minute.